0: Welcome to the Dietitian Turned Designer Podcast, where we strive to empower health and wellness professionals with the knowledge and skills they need to create inclusive and impactful online businesses. I'm your host, Courtney Vickery, and you guessed it, I'm a dietitian turned designer, and my goal is to provide valuable insights and actionable tips to entrepreneurs, designers, and health professionals who want to create weight-inclusive businesses that prioritize authenticity, compassion, and inclusivity. On this podcast, we have informative and engaging conversations with industry experts, and we explore topics such as weight inclusive design, branding, website development, marketing, and business management, and more. So, whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or just starting out, join us on this journey to create positive change in the world of health and wellness.
1: Hi everyone. Welcome back to the dietitian turned designer podcast today. I'm excited because we have Sarah Petty, a board certified integrative nutritionist and trauma informed and size inclusive personal trainer located in Fort Worth, Texas. Welcome Sarah. Hi. Yeah. Thanks for coming today. Can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you became to be a nutritionist and do the work that you do?
2: Yeah. So my story is probably very similar to a lot of your listeners um i grew up thinking that my body was wrong and did a lot of things to try to quote unquote fix it a lot of that was sort of subtext or not a conscious choice it was just sort of a um, you know embedded in my consciousness because of media and culture and the way people talked around me And um, the truth is i was very well treated and i was very lucky that very few people outright bullied me so um, I really kind of got off on the, the kinder end of things than most people do, um, but I still carried a lot of shame, a lot of internalized hatred. I was very depressed <laughs> for most of my teen years, um, and I didn't receive any um, psychological support or even really a whole lot of emotional support from people that I knew because I didn't know how to vocalize those feelings, so I was very alone for a lot of that, and um, that's a perfect environment for disordered eating to develop and of course it did and through my um, disordered eating they're not I would have been diagnosed with a specific eating disorder but it was definitely not healthy and it was definitely harming my body um, not necessarily intending to but I didn't really care either way <laughs> and so um, I thought after I graduated college with a music degree which I got just because I enjoyed music and I'm Good at singing and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I went to school for music um, and about halfway through that degree, I started to realize that uh, I enjoyed learning about vitamins and nutrients and learning what food actually did in the body. Um, and that was the first real positive experience I'd had with any kind of like health quote unquote behaviors, because up until then I had thought of exercise as a way to like morph for punish my body for, the way it looked or the way it was. And I thought of food as like, almost like the enemy or something that they just avoided as much as possible or ate certain things that it would help um, help the exercise do its job better, basically. So everything was geared towards making my body smaller and being more socially acceptable. And in college, I, I don't even know where I came across the information but I started learning about B vitamins and minerals and the things that they do in the body. And, and it's so much more than just the metabolism that those things impact. And I started becoming really fascinated with the science behind it because I am truly a nerd and I love learning about how things work and I love um, getting really detail-oriented in um, the mechanisms behind things. And so that was the first positive experience I had with nutrients. And I thought I'd love to help other people learn how to eat, <laughs> again, quote unquote, to help them avoid the problem I had, meaning like help them not have the same body issues that I had. Um, and so I thought, I want to see if I can find a way to do that. And I actually took a few years off after college looking for the right thing. Finally found a master's degree that accepted my music undergrad, <laughs> um, which is pretty hard to find actually,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, went from there. And I thought this whole time as I got in, this will help me lose the last 20 pounds and I will know everything there is to know about food. And I'll finally have figured it out. This is the magic key ingredient. It's just knowledge that I'm missing and everything will be fixed after that. <laughs> And about halfway through the degree, I started to realize, thankfully, because of the, the way that the uh, program is set up, even though it is still very weight centric and there's a lot of problematic elements um, in like typical dietetics and nutrition education, um, there was some really good stuff around mindfulness and around intuitive eating or um, more holistic eating and eating in a way that honors the body's needs and just being exposed to that, even though it wasn't as complete as the knowledge that I have now started me off on this journey towards realizing that there was nothing wrong with my body in the first place. And that food is just there to nourish and support me. And that was just so liberating. And it took several years for me to fully integrate that and accept more of a weight neutral philosophy and practice. Um, but at first it just felt like freeing myself literally from being in this like prison of uh, the self-imposed prison of uh, self-harm. And once I s- started using food as a way to like explore creativity and, um, nourishing my body in a positive way and getting to try new things and it being colorful and bright, it felt like a completely new world. And that's when I knew, oh my gosh, this is what I want to tell people that, um, food and movement can be so almost like spiritual or, um, and meditative process, but not in a self-harm way, in a way that actually brings more joy and more life. And, and this is what it's meant to be. And anything less than this is just not good enough in my opinion. And so it's my mission now to share that concept in whatever way meets people where they're at, because not everybody's ready for a weight neutral philosophy. And I completely understand that. But with, with, whatever way meets people where they're at, I wanna share that idea that food and movement are meant to bring us joy and help us fulfill our purpose and value in life as a, as a method or a tool that we can use rather than something that we have to like be subservient to, because we are no, not good enough. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at today.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I love that you were really interested in the vitamins and the minerals part. Cause I teach a class at the university of Georgia and I feel like that's the hardest part to teach. Cause I want to make it interesting, but not everyone really wants to know all the scientific <laughs> side of it. So I love that. <laughs> So yeah, so let's talk a little bit about your branding and you know how your story kind of influenced the brand that we created for you. Um it's actually last February. I had to go back and look at the date and I can't believe that it's been that long cuz I feel like I know. Was- <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, you reached out to me for a brand refresh. Well, We kind of talked about what expired your, you know, reason to start your business and your brand, but how did you tie your story and your beliefs and values into your mission?
2: Well, we talked a lot about um, how my story kind of is just reflected in what I want to be able to share with other people and how we want to um, use the brand design to be able to do that. So I don't know this may be answering a later question, but we talked a lot about like colors and uh, types of fonts and things that really
1: emphasized the
2: the energy of what we're going for.
1: So before you reached out to me, how were you envisioning your brand's identity and messaging being, and how did you envision it speaking to your ideal client? <laughs> um,
2: so I was I was really looking for um, a way to share this concept of feeling emboldened and empowered because that was sort of the brand's name or concept that I was really wanting to emphasize. And so I wanted something that looked strong, bold, powerful, but not overwhelming or overbearing because I'm also a very sensitive little soul um, with a high attention to detail and like words and colors and, te- and details really matter to me. So I didn't want something that was like bright orange and yellow and red, like in your face, bright pops of color, because even though that's really fun and a lot of people really resonate with that, that feels like overwhelming to me mm-hmm. on a sensory it's level aggressive so I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it felt a little aggressive for me and i think a lot of my clients and and people that i'm seeking to reach out to are similar to me in a lot of ways in that they they like being inspired and energized but also there's a sensitive side where um too much is too much so um we were looking for colors or i wanted colors that were like rich in saturation but not um, too bright. So I really liked the sort of jewel tone effect that we went with and um, the fonts being bold, but not like so bold that they were aggressive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, it's funny. I was looking back over your branding like brief and questionnaire from last year, and you had put, you wanted your ideal audience to feel excited but calm. And you felt like, I know that's on, un- you know, that's the opposite, but I knew what you meant is what you just mm-hmm. described. Like, people can be excited and encouraged without it being aggressive and still feeling mm-hmm. calm and safe. Yeah. Yes. So can you tell me what you think are the key elements that make your brand unique and stand out in the health and wellness space?
2: Mm. It's tricky because there's a lot of non-diet dietitians, a hay the line nutrition professionals. There's a lot of um weight neutral personal trainers now which is so great to be able to say cuz i've had mm. a lot of people say I, I i've never found a trainer like you before i've never found a nutritionist who had like the integrative you know um clinical knowledge but also had this weight neutral approach and I'm, I'm always thinking but there's so many of us i know so many um am <laughs> Glad bubble. you found me but also <laughs> we're in a like little protected bubble and not a whole lot of i guess not enough people mm-hmm. know about us it towards truly mainstream yet um so as far as what sets me apart, there's a lot I see more I see more similarities and I see differences honestly and there's many times where I really question like am I even the best person to be presenting this message because some of the other people are doing it well. So of course like any other entrepreneur, I'm like <laughs> constantly questioning am I doing this? Mm-hmm. like should I be doing this um but I do think that there's power in sharing your individual story because no matter what, um, someone else has been through the concepts and elements can be really supportive and inspiring to other people even if their story is different than yours. So I think just by sharing my story that that is somewhat unique in the way that it all came together um and I also think that I have a very specific way of communicating with people like that like that energy where we were looking for um, inspired mm-hmm. or or excited, but also subdued and kind of serious at the same time. Um, and I think that that is a little bit different than what I see in a lot of other practitioners and a lot of other trainers is usually a lot of like big and bold or a lot of um, more like soft and elegant. And so I feel like I'm kind of in the middle and mm-hmm. um, maybe that makes it a little more generic, but I do see that <laughs> so that's a little bit no. different than most of what I see. In terms no, of I style.
1: definitely can. I can tell when your stuff comes through on my feed, I can be like, well, of course, I made your brand. But yeah. either way, <laughs> it sticks out to me because I can tell it feels authentic to you. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something I always tell people like, yes, it's probably true that there's not necessarily a brand new novel idea or a novel message or a novel way to say a message, but it's the fact that it's you and your personality and your brand that makes it different and people resonate with you based on your story and, you know, the things that you share and the way that you share it.
2: Yeah, and one thing that I actually didn't think of when I answered your question just a second ago is that um, more recently, I've learned that I'm very neurodivergent. I just mm-hmm. thought it was normal because my whole family is probably neurodivergent. <laughs> and so I grew up thinking that we were all just quirky. <laughs> um, and so I've really embraced that. Um, and I don't always talk about it as like an identity, but I do, it does inform the way I communicate with people. It informs um, how I work and which is not like the typical task, list: do the thing Monday through Friday 95, that will suck my soul out of my body. So <laughs> I do think that that is an element of uniqueness, although there are a lot of amazing practitioners, again, that are neurodiverse and they talk about that too. So it's not necessarily totally unique, but I think um, that plays a role of uh, making my content and also my work because it has to work for me or I will burn out. And I have almost <laughs> multiple times doing this. Um, then in that way, it becomes unique because I have to p- call people to, to work with me in a way that is sustainable for me as well as for them. And mm-hmm. so that is unique because it's unique to me. Um, and I also think that a lot of people really resonate with me being nerdy and quirky because a lot of them are also nerdy and quirky. And so they feel seen and also feel like, oh, I get you.
0: Mm-hmm. Even though I don't share
2: a ton about my personal life always on social media, there's elements of that where it's like, oh yeah, yes. kindred spirit.
1: Yes, no, definitely, and I'm also a neurodivergent, so that's probably how <laughs> we probably came together and understood each other. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like we always find each other. <laughs> we mm-hmm. all can tell. Yeah. We've got definitely. the neurodivergent uh, sixth sense going on. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's move into um, moving on from our branding story and into what we really wanted to talk about today. Um, we mm-hmm. wanted to talk about building authentic connection with a community of many intersections. So to get started with that, can you kind of share, I know we've been talking about weight neutral. Um, can you kind of share your definition of what you consider a weight neutral space and why you think it's important to connect with folks of various intersections within that space?
2: Yeah, I do. For one thing, weight neutral means different things to different people. So I think it's really helpful to define that. Um, and when I'm talking about weight neutral, what I mean is that I work with people with a purpose of supporting their values and their goals. Um, apart from intentional weight loss as a primary goal. And I think that it is um, unkind to assume that people should just leave their desire for weight loss at the door. I think that's unrealistic and unkind to really honor what people's desires for acceptance in our society is. And so because of that, I don't say like, I will absolutely not work with you if you still desire to lose weight, because mm-hmm. that's just, doesn't make sense to me. But what I will say is this is, this is the values that I'm upholding. Um, if you're willing to work with me and knowing that I can't guarantee that your body will change or not change, um, but we're going to work on habits, behaviors, and things that help you live a life more fully in whatever way that looks like for you, um, then we can work together. And you, you are allowed to desire whatever you want beyond that. Just know that I'm not going to be asking for body measurements and asking how your weight is and asking hair and all of that I'm, I'm going to be asking how are you feeling what is your mobility like um, what are your symptoms like what's nutrition related how what are your food habits that are supporting your well-being and those are the things that I'm going to be prioritizing and of course if something is relevant that comes up that is important to you please share that with me but just know that I'm here to be a neutral receiver of that I'm not going to like Mm-hmm. prioritizer applauding weight gain or weight loss to be neutral truly means to be like an atheist in that sense. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I'm not going to be applauding or denouncing either one. It's just human bodies change and they're going to change throughout your life. And so we're here just to work with you regardless of that and facilitate well Um So, and I think that weight neutral is a term also that intersects or overlaps with several other terms. There's a lot of overlap there and they all have slightly different meanings. And so sometimes I use fat liberation or body liberation. Sometimes I use weight neutral. Sometimes you use body positivity, depending on who I'm talking to, what I think will be the easiest for them to understand. Since you have talked about it being weight neutral, that's the term I'm using here. Um, but just for listeners to know, I'm not really like beholden or specific in terms of which Individual term, I think, is best. I think it depends on the situation and the person.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And the way, the way you explained how you explain it to your clients is exactly how I explain it to my clients in my nutrition practice too. You know, mm-hmm. like I, you know, I'm fine with the desire to lose weight, but I'm not going to actually be an active role in you making your body change because I can't control that, and I'm focused over your overall well being as a person. Um. Mm-hmm. And you said something about bodies changing. And that's my sticker. I know they can't see it, but my sticker says bodies change, worth doesn't. So
2: Oh, I love that. I have a t-shirt that I found on Etsy that says that. And I love wearing it.
1: Yeah, I got it at an event yesterday um, called Balance is BS. <laughs> nice. Um for local like women entrepreneurs. And that was one of the stickers. So, that's so cool. All right. So let's talk about this a little more. Can you tell me um, how can individuals with different identities effectively communicate and build relationships within this space?
2: Yeah, I think this is such an important conversation to have, because one of the key criticisms that I have seen of people in the weight neutral or intuitive eating dietetic space specifically is that a lot of us are thin white women who mm-hmm. don't always understand where people are coming from, especially the people that we're working with. Mm-hmm. And that's really important that we do our job to actually be able to support people instead of just saying we want to and like having good intentions, we have to actually back that up with action. And there's a lot of people that have amazing um, education and a beautiful heart and want to support people, but still end up inevitably without meaning to um, creating harm or, or hurting people and their work, and that's something that's going to exist regardless of how hard we try to fix it because we're human. So I'm not saying perfection is the goal because that right. wouldn't make sense either. But I think it's so important to look on this, and one of the best ways that I found is to, um, well, there, there's a lot of ways that I'm going to share in just a second, but <clears throat> prior, primarily not assuming that I know everything about the person I'm working with in order to say the right thing and also always assuming that I'm going to probably make a mistake <laughs> and just having that like be the the lens that I'm looking at everything not in a like self judgment like oh my gosh you're not ever going to be good enough for this to help this person kind of way but more just like hey you're human just like they are so just be ready to pivot if something doesn't work right be ready to apologize if you've made a mistake mm-hmm. um, be ready to repair if mm-hmm. there's something that's really gone wrong um that, that's just the nature of being a human in this practice and rather than creating more shame by pretending like you didn't do anything, yeah. <laughs> try, do your due diligence to um, make up for the best that you can. And so I think um, uh, before we get into any of the other stuff that we're going to talk about, I think the, the primary like three things that I try to always hold true whenever I'm working with people that have different experiences than I do or have different identities than I do is um, to be kind. And keep my mouth shut if I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of times where um, maybe really tragic events happen and a lot of people feel like they have things they need to say about it or maybe feel obligated to say things about it. And I've definitely been put in that situation where I'm like, hmm, I feel like not saying something would be worse than saying something and saying it wrong accidentally, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's tough. But um, I do always choose to keep my mouth shut if I don't know what I'm talking about because yeah. that doesn't have her help. <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, so those are my two kind of primary things that I always keep in mind. Give people the benefit of the doubt and try to treat people with kindness as much as possible. Obviously, we're human and again, we're going to be activated. We're going to be responding um based on our own past mm-hmm. experiences. And we can't do that like we're empty shells. We are humans, but trying to feel as neutral and grounded as possible before responding is always a great place to be. And then again. Referring out, if yeah. or just not talking if yeah. it's not something that you truly have the knowledge to speak on, I think is a really good baseline. If anyone yes. just like took one thing away from this podcast, that would be it. <laughs> just, keep your just, mouth shut. <laughs> just, just keep your mouth shut if you don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about half the time when it's not like my exact specific field. Mm-hmm. I usually just don't say anything because I'm like, right. you know, I don't know. I don't know enough about this to really right. have an informed opinion. So you
1: really don't want to know what I have to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no,
1: I feel like I'm going to roll today because you're talking about being kind. And that's what my shirt says.
2: Oh, my gosh. That's so cute. Uh, for those of you who are listening, her shirt is like a <laughs> rainbow. It's it is a rainbow. And it says like be kind underneath. That's, that's adorable. I'm going to roll um, with the words and the phrases today. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> All right. So speaking of being kind and <laughs> keeping our mouth shut. Um, in your experience, what are some common barriers to building an authentic connection with individuals of different intersections and how can they be overcome potentially?
2: Yeah, I think that it helps a lot to follow other creators, whether that's people with the same um, type of profession that you have or just generally other creators in the online space. Who are outspoken, not just people who have other identities, but people who are outspoken about their experiences. Um, because even if it's something that really rubs you the wrong way or feels weird or wrong or unfamiliar and therefore scary to you, it's really helpful to have um, other perspectives informing you on a daily basis or however often you check social media, maybe not daily, that's probably not always healthy, but um, regularly. Being exposed to ideas or experiences or points of view that are different than your own and that doesn't mean you have to change your mind but just being exposed to things that are different than your than your own experiences help you not only be more aware of where people are coming from when they enter your profession or your environment but also helps you develop an appreciation for other types of work that's being done outside of your own bubble and when you come across those people you're for one thing, you're able to have a more informed response so that you don't have to keep your mouth shut because you might actually know <laughs> what you're talking about if you listen long enough. <laughs> yep. but second of all, um, when you truly listen with the goal of not correcting or educating, but truly just listening to either learn or just to be aware, it doesn't even have to be something that you're you know, taking in if you completely disagree. But if you're being aware of what's going on outside of your world, that helps you have more empathy and mm-hmm. more awareness of your clients or the people that you want to become your clients. Um, and even just that exposure alone, I think, makes such a difference in how you um, see the world, but also just how you sit with people, um, being more open to new ideas, m- being open to being wrong more regularly, <laughs> being open to changing your mind on things more regularly. I think mm-hmm. it's super crucial. Um, so that's my number one thing is just to follow people who, again, maybe not even have the best idea, or maybe you don't even agree with them. Maybe you will never agree with them, but just knowing what's going on in the world outside of your bubble and um, expanding your worldview, expanding your thoughts, being open to changing your mind, being open to change your mind again, because mm-hmm. that has happened <laughs> for me for sure, um, is crucial. And then this is sort of piggybacking off that idea. Um, beyond just following people and learning for free, you should pay the people that you have mm-hmm. determined are um, either the most like educated in that area, have the best lived experience in the area to that applies to what's going to help you be a better practitioner. Um, maybe for example, let's say you're working with people who are neurodivergent, but you are not neurodivergent following and paying neurodivergent coaches, um, whether that's like a business coach or like a content writer coach or like a you know, email marketing person or something like that, who truly understands what they need. If you're working with people of color and, or, um, let's say you're specifically working with, I'm going to use a very, um, specific example in North Texas, um, the maternal mortality rate of black women is exponentially higher mm-hmm. than white women and, um, even much more higher than like the country national standard. So if you're going to work, like, let's say you're a, this is not even related to nutrition necessarily, but let's okay. just say you're a a, a doula or a midwife, and you work primarily with black women in North Texas, and you're not black. Mm-hmm. You need to, if you haven't already, be working with other black doulas and mm-hmm. uh, midwives. You need to be learning from those people, whether that's hiring them to train from or going to conferences that are those people are keynote speakers or whatever, however it is. I don't even, I'm not a midwife. I don't work in the midwife world, <laughs> but just to use that as an example. Can add that to your uh, list I've of things. I've seen that. I've seen that around. I've uh, a lot, and so um, learning from those people in those environments, and then being able to integrate those ideas in a way that fits your, you know, purpose and mission, or maybe even like expanding your purpose and mission to include some of those things, um, is really really important. And um, you can pay people without paying a lot of money. Like if if you are just getting started as a practitioner, you don't have to be hiring expensive coaches. And that's not what I'm saying necessarily, although that is a great thing to be able to do if you have the financial ability to do so. Um, I've never regretted working or paying people of a variety of backgrounds and a variety of identities mm-hmm. because I've learned different things from each one of them. And it's made me a better practitioner every single time. So definitely mm-hmm. a big fan of that. But also many of these people who are online creators have either like a membership or a Patreon that you can pay mm-hmm. one, $2, $5, $30, whatever a month. Um, and it's so it can be very accessible. And because of that, not only are you supporting them and helping them do their work more sustainably, but also you're able to benefit from learning from them on a regular basis. They usually have some sort of like weekly or monthly um, email or podcast that's exclusive for their subscribers. And so that's a great way to have a low cost way of learning from people that you wanna learn from. Um, and also even just reaching out to them and saying, I want to pay you for your time, but I I don't know what that would look like. Maybe they don't have a public offer and just say, I would really, if it's someone you really resonate with, I'd really like to learn from you. Could we set up a call? What would that look like? Um, you know, what would be an appropriate rate for you? Just working something out with them directly um, is a sign not only of good faith, but like, reaching out to that person saying, I really value what you have to say. And that person may have been wanting to offer coaching, but not feeling like they had the mm-hmm. um, wherewithal to do so. So you're encouraging them to do that. But also again, directly making a connection with that person and be, building direct community with them, mm-hmm. um, which opens up so many doors for both of you to be able to collaborate in whatever way you want potentially in the future. So it's a win-win win. Yeah. Win. Win <laughs> it just, win 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 keeps on winning, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> um, so yeah, just, um, and, and having an open mind for what a, a paid relationship could look like, um, uh, anywhere from having someone do administrative work for you or doing, um, social media work for you, having them, um, consult, consult with you to where they are helping you build your offer, helping you build your, um, strategy for the year or whatever it could be, um. And even things like uh, CPA or um, you know financial guidance or whatever, like on the back end of things as well, um, working with a variety of people helps you be more um, diverse in the way that you are working with pay professionals. And that's going to inform how you work with the people that you're supporting as well. So I think it's just like a continuously cyclical community building process. Mm-hmm. And then the more connections that you have, the more ways you're able to truly reach out to the people in those communities, they'll say, hey, I know you, this person, um, you're, I can see that you really care and that you're really authentic. So I'm going to, I trust you now, I'm going to potentially like have someone that I know work with you or like follow you on social media, or mm-hmm. they may be able to help you with another project that you need help with that I'm not qualified for. So like, it just expands your network of community. I hate the word network <laughs> <Like your> community <laughs> um, to where you're able to just benefit from so many more people that you might not have thought of before. If you hadn't taken the time to be intentional about mm-hmm. diversifying who you're learning from. And I know that was a super long answer, but it's like such no. a big web.
1: <laughs> no, I love that. That's, I mean, honestly, where did it, really well because that's something that I think about a lot too. And I love like, I always tell people I feel like a connector sometimes because I like connecting people to the resources that they need that are the most appropriate for them. Um, you know, coming back to thinking of design and website stuff, if someone reaches out to me and they have a website on a different platform than I normally work with, I'm going to refer them to someone that I trust and know works on that platform because to me it's community over competition, right? So yes. it's not going to help the client for me to try to do something that I'm not familiar with when I can refer them to someone that I trust to do that work in a better way. <laughs> yes, definitely. Let's go on to this next question. How do you think individuals can ensure that their online spaces are trauma informed and welcoming for, I don't like saying making the space safe for all, because I feel like that is hard to do and you can't promise that. And then that can in turn then cause harm. So I'm saying this, mm-hmm. um, you know, what are things that we can do to make sure that we are being trauma informed and doing our due diligence to make the space safer?
2: Yeah. It's impossible to make any space truly safe. Right. Right. Whether that's online in real life. Um, <clears throat> uh, people can come along and maybe mm-hmm. people in a closed environment can say unkind things or um you know hide their hide who they are and then yep. come and blow up your environment. So um obviously we can't promise that but what we can do is really it's related to that that building the web of connection that I mentioned before with your the back end professional part of your world. Um, that informs how the front facing part of your business goes. So I think just doing that alone helps you make the internal changes or adjustments that you need to make in order to be more trauma-informed and welcoming. But I do think it's very helpful to have specifically trauma-informed training because trauma-informed is now becoming more of a popular thing. Um, but it's not something that should be um, just spoken of lightly. Um, so I, for example, have taken a trauma-informed personal training Course a certification so that I, I mean I'm not I have, there's so much more to learn always about the human brain but like I have a general knowledge of what is helpful or not helpful with human beings in general regardless of knowing you don't have to know what people have been through in order to be trauma informed by the way yeah. <laughs> um so just being able to make a space feel like relatively chill enough for people to feel safe enough to express their thoughts and feelings is really important um, I think the best knowledge that you can have on that is just understanding why human beings in general have fight flight freeze, spawn response and basic understandings of how to interact with those because a lot of times the people that are interacting on your page are doing so because that you made them feel something whether that's just inspiration or like they're responding like rapidly out of anger or fear or something a lot of times that's because they're they're coming from their own experience and something that has troubled them in the past and not that their words aren't true or they are true, but they're they're speaking from those feelings. And so learning to not take that personally necessarily, but to but to try to see where they're coming from rather than reading into it is really, really important. That is a trauma-informed practice. And that happens in a one-on-one setting, like when you're working with a client, but also in a social media setting, or if you got like a nasty email or something like that. <laughs> the same kind of thing. Human beings are typically... Not operating from an intent to be cruel and mean. Many times they're hurting, and they're mm-hmm. responding from that pain. And so, seeing where they're coming from helps a lot. There's definitely a time and place to just be like, "All right, I'm done with this conversation because it's now no longer helpful to me or them." But mm-hmm. um, often, I, I I'm one of those people that like relives conversations for years after I've had them. So <laughs> often, the more <laughs> I think about it, the more I'm like, "Hmm, I wonder if there was like a deeper meaning to what they said." and then mm-hmm. trying to learn from that after the fact without overthinking it to the point of causing myself additional stress which is always a lovely little challenging balance but uh-huh. <laughs> um, I think that's a really good place to come from then. yeah <laughs> and then um, like trying to give people the benefit of the doubt basically is what I'm trying to say and then um, I think it's also important to invite collaboration and feedback so similar to what we were talking about with collaborating in a paid way or just following other creators um, inviting collaboration and feedback from your audience who may be um, also having different identities than you're experiencing um, will help you get the feedback of what your audience needs from you in terms of like if you're trying to uh, make your offer make sense to them in a way that will help them the, the most or communicate your offer in a way that will make the most sense um, getting feedback from doing things like asking questions um, in your posts or in your stories, having polls and things like that. And not, not always just fun things like what did you do this weekend? But like, yeah. um, here's something that I experienced this week. Has this ever happened to you? And if it's like never happened to the majority of people that respond, <laughs> then you're like, okay, so this particular thing isn't super helpful. Let me try something else next week. and I share something? from my own mm-hmm. life so sharing your own story and just seeing what resonates helps you know like what types of elements um will be most impactful or most helpful for the people that are following you same thing for writing an email if you write a story and people I will like write a story sharing something and then I'll get like three responses from people that I already know either I already work with or like mm-hmm. they've responded several times before to my email so these are people that I've already built a relationship with and they're always like oh my gosh I can't believe you said that I've really been struggling with the same thing thank you so much and it's like, okay, this is this is a concept that we can work with because if three people took the time to respond to my email, um, which I never respond to emails. I don't even read most <laughs> of the marketing emails that I get. So yeah. I'm like, okay, so someone really resonated with this. This is good stuff. So um, that that uh, question answer kind of cycle, it's it can feel really tedious. There's definitely weeks and months even where I just don't feel like doing it. Um, and that's part of the reason why I'm paying other people and outsourcing some of that stuff for me to be able to stay fresh in my own mind um, and kind of distribute tasks a little bit more evenly um, within my business. But uh, even just doing it cyclically, like every quarter or so to get some awareness of where your audience is currently at. And this reason why this is so important, I think, beyond just trying to be helpful is that if you're doing like if you're launching a new service or like a new round of a program or something like that and you're like la my cool weight neutral nutrition program is so awesome here's all the things it does for you and like you're hearing crickets it's mm-hmm. probably not because your program sucks it's probably <laughs> because either you're not communicating in a way that really resonates with their people or maybe your people are just going through some stuff right now and they don't have the capacity mm-hmm. yeah. to engage even if they want to they don't have the capacity, whether that's financially or just like emotionally, maybe they're going through a tough time, and that's hard for you because then you're like, Oh no, well, how am I going to pay the bills? But yeah. you can figure it out, you'll figure it out. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, knowing that their silence doesn't mean you're bad, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> right? Really no shame there, um, <laughs> but um, but then using that information to say, Okay, well, if that's not resonating, what else is, and trying being willing to change your plans and like try something different Pivot. in terms of how you're mm-hmm. yes pivoting in terms of how you are communicating or even like changing your whole I've changed my whole program before because yeah. I was like oh maybe this isn't actually what people need um <laughs> which I know is really painful but <laughs> necessary <laughs> because if our goal is to help people then we have to do it in a way that makes the most sense for the actual people we're trying to help not because we think it looks like the right thing to do mm-hmm. right so um yes
1: that yes. is my opinion on how to make
2: your your online environment more chocolate. <laughs> <informed.
1: laughs> so I had tons of thoughts and I was like, I want to talk about these things too, but I want to stay like on track. But two things I was thinking about. Um yeah. I love this conversation because my brain is thinking about how this is what I'm talking about when I talk about brand strategy with people. Cause they think that branding is just the logo and the design and the colors and like that's all great because that's what people see visually. But this is where the strategy piece comes in. Because everything you're talking about is stuff that they would learn in the brand strategy process. Like they would figure out what their missions are and their values are. And I always talk about values exercises with my nutrition clients and with the business clients, because at the end of the day, you have to come back and ask yourself, is this in alignment with my values? And if you don't have those values and you don't have that mission, you don't have a target audience or understand their journey, then you can't create a program, right? Like you can't create a program because you don't know what they need. Um, and that second point was thinking about my experience in public health and having to make community programs. It's the same thing. You can't just make a program and assume that people want that thing. You have to ask them. You know, we can't assume what their wants or needs are. We have to ask and figure out what do they actually need and what would benefit them and not just what we think they want. All right. So what advice do you want to give individuals who may feel intimidated by engaging with these big concepts around weight neutrality or any other topics in their marketing and social media?
2: Oh gosh. Well, I will just <laughs> say that like, even though I've been doing this for several years now, I still feel intimidated. So I don't know if the intimidation necessarily it goes away maybe for someone with like decades of experience possibly <laughs> but I don't think like the whole concept of weight neutral nutrition and fitness is even like that far along in terms of mm-hmm. being like a professional genre so I think we're all still kind of winging it a little bit yep <laughs> but um but in order to make things feel less intim- intimidating simplify mm-hmm. to the nth degree so um, one mistake that I made, I, I mean, I guess it wasn't really a mistake because I learned from it. But um, one thing that I did frequently at the beginning of my process of like building a community and trying to do like Instagram uh, was to have really informationally dense posts. And I still do this occasionally if it's like a complex topic that we're going to do a little deep dive in. Um, but I think that long form really detailed stuff is more better suited for an email. So I've actually recently started doing that, specifically having like a long answer in my email and the short mm-hmm. answer is in the Instagram, yep. which I think is kind of fun. Um feel free to copy that. Whoever's listening you think that's a good because I I don't I'm sure not the first person to do it. Um but uh in Instagram or whatever short form social social media this TikTok, you know, or mm-hmm. stories or whatever YouTube shorts, <clears throat> you can use if you have like a whole topic you can make that into a series and mm-hmm. have like five to ten posts just on that series and you don't even have to call it a series if it's just right. like themed that you can just be like this is related to the theme this is related to the theme but having mm-hmm. just like very simple like text on a photo text on a bold or colorful background um or just like a paragraph even if that's the kind of content your audience works with well um just talking about one part of that concept mm-hmm. or just explaining like one application that they could use. Um, like, let's say we're trying to make hydration feel easier, maybe struggle with hydration. Maybe that's the topic, the theme. So instead of it being like, here's 10 tips for hydration all on one page, <laughs> you can have 10 different posts <laughs> yes. Because Because what I've learned the hard way is that people are so smart. And also mm-hmm. they have such a limited capacity for new information coming in because we are so information overloaded in yep. our world. And mm-hmm. also, like I said, people are going through hard times. They may have just like, you know, been through a breakup or lost their job. And then they're mm-hmm. on Instagram and they're like, hydration, they should probably be doing <laughs> that better. Here's 10 reasons why I suck at hydration. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. and then they just feel more shame. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they're not acting on it, but also they're feeling more shame. And then they're associating your post with shame. And that's never a good thing. Um, no. <laughs> so our job is not to tell people how to do things better, <laughs> but instead, <Yeah. laughs> let's say, how can we meet them where they're at? So instead be like, are you struggling with hydration? You know, I have two. there's one thing that really helped me. Um, if you'd like to try it, let me know how it goes. Like, in a, that's a great invitation for a, a call to action yeah. where um, you can just be like, have you ever tried this? Let me know in the comments in that yeah. community. It, mm-hmm. it prompts people to respond. It also prompts like immediate consideration of that thing. Like, um, you know, oh, I've never tried the water bottle with the fun little like little messages that say like, keep going. You're almost there on the side. Like that sounds mm-hmm. like very encouraging. Oh, and it's only like $20 on Amazon. I think I'll order that for myself. I deserve it. Like it's a mm-hmm. sweet little like dopamine hit. And then they're like, yes. I did it. I did a thing. And then they're going to be proud of themselves. And mm-hmm. you'll, they'll probably be like 20 years later. You didn't know this, but 20 years ago. <laughs> a water bottle because you recommended it. To <laughs> like it sounds silly, but people actually do. No, that. really. Um, yeah. It's really, really cool. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so keeping things super, super simple is a great way to avoid overwhelm and actually make an impact. Um, and when in doubt, again, don't speak on things you don't know about or that you think you mm-hmm. don't know enough about. Speak on what you know, speak from your own personal experience because the people that need to hear that will find you and keep it as simple as possible. Um, is a big part so when you're talking about weight neutrality specifically so that was part of your question the first time I wrote a post about weight neutrality I was like "Shh," <laughs> and then I was like posting it and then checking it like every five minutes after I posted it I was like people are gonna hate me people are gonna be like oh my god you can't be weight neutral you're a nutritionist and a trainer that's so stupid like your whole job in life is to help people lose weight what are you talking about <laughs> I was like people are gonna hate me I'm not gonna have any clients I'm okay. gonna have to go get another job like this is gonna be terrible no, People are like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. I never thought about mm-hmm. it this way. Or wow, I've been really looking for someone who could help me in this way because I just want to feel better. And I don't really care about what this scale says. And um, in fact, it's actually helped my business to grow quite a bit because it's amazing how many people are just looking for um, a fresh perspective on nutrition and fitness. And they're like, I don't want to be tied down to any kind of like numerical outcome. I'm mm-hmm. looking at qualitative improvement. That's what I'm looking for. And so if even if it's simple, even if you feel scared, even if you feel like you're not doing it right, you're gonna make mistakes. By the way, so like, just get it over with. Rip the <laughs> yes. um, But if you are able to communicate your values, this goes back mm-hmm. to what you're talking about. If you're able to communicate your values about whatever flavor of weight neutrality, whether it's like fat liberation or body positivity, whatever words that make sense for you and your brand that you um, want to help people with, if you're able to use that and you mean it, and you're not just saying it just to say it that's mm-hmm. not helpful. That's, that's And people important. will
1: know too, like they know when you're, Oh not yeah. Realistic.
2: Oh, they know you could, it's like the tone comes across. I don't mm-hmm. even know how, but pattern recognition is a huge thing, right? So people yes. can tell with the tone. So if you really mean it, then people will get it. And if they unfollow you good, cause those are not the people that yep. you want to work with anyway. Right. Yep. And if yep. they send you a stupid comment or a hateful message, I'm really sorry. That's really terrible. And also, if you're standing up for something that you truly believe in, there are going to be people that mm-hmm. are really angry about it because they have very different beliefs. Yeah. And so good job. You've uh, stuck to your guns on something and you're going <laughs> to make people mad. And if you're a little recovering people pleaser like me, that's yeah. terrifying. So I highly recommend uh, sort of like easing your way in with like slightly less controversial statements. And then like, you'll be emboldened the more mm-hmm. you do th- so that eventually it's not as scary. And then you can say like outright, I just don't coach weight loss. Yeah. <laughs> Which has been my most like, probably one of my best performing non like video posts, just like a Canva image post mm-hmm. is my one on why don't coach weight loss I've reposted it three different times and every time it performs very well because it's mm-hmm. not even that controversial anymore but at the first time I posted it you know I felt like it was and it's right. always had great responses because people are like thank you so much for doing this or like this is so clear and, and insightful thank you for sharing like why you do this I already know that you did it but now I know why you do it Um, and so eventually you get really comfortable with saying stuff that used to terrify you. And I, there's still things that I feel terrified to talk about that I'm, or maybe I don't feel like I know enough about. So I haven't mm-hmm. spoken about them yet on social media, but um, I just come constantly like increasing my tolerance for mm-hmm. discomfort, which is a trauma informed approach. Exactly. You can use it on yourself too. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's how I would do that.
1: Yeah. And that's pretty much exactly how I did it for my nutrition practice too. Cause I am also a people pleaser. I don't even know if I would say recovering. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I'm still a people pleaser. Um, I'm sure. working on it. And I was terrified too, but like you just said, doing it gradually and then, you know, eventually you will increase your confidence in talking about those things. And also I think the education piece you mentioned earlier is a huge piece of that. The more education you give for yourself and invest in, then the more confident you're going to be. What are some of the next steps that individuals can take so they can connect with some of these folks of various intersections? Yes,
2: um, I will share a list of folks on Instagram that you can follow. There's also some great people on like TikTok and YouTube, but I'm not on YouTube a whole lot. And um, since I'm assuming you're mostly sharing this on Instagram, we'll focus on that. Um, mm-hmm. But people of a variety of experiences of identities that are either talking about weight neutral, fat, fat liberation, body positivity approach, or they are talking about content creation, marketing, or they're talking about um, business strategy or whatever, just like a wide variety of people that you can learn with uh, varying backgrounds. And um, again, this may feel like competition, but it's not because we're all in this together. And so the more you're learning from different people, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have found that by following some of these people, I'm learning so much and I'm able to refer people to them. I'm able to mm-hmm. tag them on things that I feel like is relevant for them to be connected with. And so it's expanding community. And so I recommend anyone who's listening who truly wants to um, diversify their own knowledge and their education, but also be able to truly make an impact and support the people around them in their community that have a different identity or experience than they do, um, that they follow these people. And if, again, if not changing your mind or even changing to agree what some of these people are saying, but to integrate the awareness of their experience so that you can have a broader knowledge of what is going to be helpful for your community. Um, so yeah, I'll be sharing those in the show
1: notes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll put that link in the show notes. Cool. So yeah. Is there anything else that you would like our listeners to take away from today?
2: Yeah. I think the final thing that I would say is that, um, no matter how hard you work on this, this, uh, education, uh, expansion of your knowledge and your awareness, it's never done, you're never gonna get a gold star. You're never gonna get to like the, the final boss. <laughs> so um, <laughs> rather than putting a lot of pressure on yourself to be the best at this, which is a very common thing to do, um, or try to be completionist, do all the right things in the list and like get it all done. Um, rather than trying to do that, which is unrealistic and not possible for any human in this life, um, just consider this a an ongoing practice. If it is truly a value of yours, then it is something that you will continue to integrate on a daily, monthly, yearly basis. And it'll evolve over time, of course. But this is something that you're always going to be doing. So don't feel like you have to tag everybody at once. Don't feel like you have to learn from everybody at once. Um, follow some of the people that I've recommended, find your own uh, people that you want to learn from, and then just gradually start integrating. Pick one person to really like follow that really resonates with you that you want to learn from that's different than you that you can um either see how they're doing their business or see how they're talking to people see how they're telling stories see how they're communicating um, seeing what they're saying about their community that's like uh, a point of pain or a need that maybe you could fill maybe you can volunteer your time or maybe you could spend money maybe you can um if there's like a community outrage situation you can like support with that um, or another option is to find one person that offers a service that you could benefit from. Maybe it's something that you were already looking to spend money on in your business and you're finding someone who you really resonate with that fits your needs. Again, don't just be spending money just to spend money, but like look for purposeful ways to improve your business that's also expanding your knowledge and expanding the reach of what you have. So find people that fill that role and invest in them. Um, and like I've said before, I have never regretted investing in a variety of services from a variety of people. It has always been a beneficial
1: experience. Let's end on a fun question. I didn't prepare you for this. What okay. is your favorite food?
2: <laughs> oh no. Uh. You know that it's so hard to answer. I know. <laughs> um, I will answer with a food I've really enjoyed most recently, and that was mm-hmm. this really delicious Penne pasta with this chicken and a Parmesan sun-dried tomato sauce. Ooh, sounds um, good. It was so good. It was like cheesy and creamy, but then the sun-dried tomato gave give it those like very like mm. earthy, sort of pungent tastes. Um, and I love penne pasta. That's my favorite pasta. So that's yeah. my favorite food I've had most recently.
1: That sounds fabulous. And now I want it. it was so, good. <laughs> <laughs> so tell the listeners where they can find you.
2: On Instagram, you can find me at powerup.movementco. That's my fitness handle. And then I have at nourish.connect as my nutrition handle. and may be consolidating those again. Mm, okay. <laughs> at this point. Uh, but for now, that's where you can find me. And um, on TikTok, I am at Sarah Empowers, all one word. And my website is www.sarahempowers.com. Um, and so from there, you can get connected with me on my email
1: list as well, if you'd like. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much for joining us today. And I hope you all have a good rest of your week.
0: You tired of DIYing your website and brand? But maybe you're afraid to let someone who doesn't quite understand what you do do it for you? Well, as someone who has experience in both the health and design industries, I'm uniquely qualified to help weight-inclusive private practices and businesses create beautiful brands and websites that showcase their talents and vision while staying true to their values. You can reach out today to chat about my services or you can check out my free resources on my website. And you can also get the link in my show notes. And don't forget, you can always come hang out with me on Instagram where I share tips and tricks and of course, a few cat photos and memes as well. Thanks for tuning in to the Dietitian Turned Designer podcast. As your host, I'm passionate about providing valuable insights and actionable tips to help entrepreneurs, designers, and help professionals build weight-inclusive businesses that prioritize authenticity, compassion, and inclusivity. We've had some amazing conversations with industry experts about topics from weight-inclusive design to web development, marketing, and more. And we're not stopping there we've got even more great content coming your way. So thank you for being a part of this journey with us. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or just starting out, we hope you'll feel inspired to use your designs and marketing as tools for positive change in the world of health and wellness.